This is 105.9 The Region, where parents talk and explore practical, proactive, and evidence-based solutions. This is Where Parents Talk with Leanne Castellino. Great to have you along on Where Parents Talk here on 105.9 The Region. I'm your host, Leanne Castellino. Each week, we interview newsmakers on hot topics of relevance to moms and dads with kids 15 to 24 years old. Up first, how sharp are your kitchen skills and do you have the tools to guide your son or daughter through a crash course in the kitchen? It's always a timely question with kids going off to university, leaving home for good, or for those who just want to be able to know their way around a kitchen. To help us with some practical tips and strategies, we're joined by a mom of two teens who currently leads a team of menu planners, recipe developers, and others at HelloFresh Canada. HelloFresh is a meal delivery kit company operating in more than a dozen countries, which it says delivered more than 600 million meal kits in 2020. Corby Sue Newman, head of culinary at HelloFresh Canada, Thank you so much for joining us here on Where Parents Talk. I'm delighted to be here, Leanne. Thank you. So, Corby Sue, I've got to tell you, your job sounds absolutely fascinating. Part scientist, part chef, part teacher, and and I'm sure there's a whole ton more there. What can you tell us about some basic tips that you could share for a parent or a child who may not used to be preparing their own meals? Well, first of all, you're right. I really do have... um, the most fun job. Uh, If you're someone who likes to eat and hang out with creative people and figure out meal solutions for those who perhaps uh, aren't as interested in that as a problem, that is what I get to do day in, day out. I love it. I have the wonderful figure to prove it. Um, (laughs) When it comes to figuring out meal um, or or teaching uh, our next generation how to feed themselves some tips and tricks, I think you know, it's never too early uh, and it's never too late. Um, if we're talking about our teens, teens who perhaps have never been in the kitchen before, perhaps are feeling a bit intimidated by it, I would say start simple. Maybe start with a breakfast item. So just as an example, um, uh, overnight oats uh, is all the rage. And so even just something as simple as that, showing them how it, so it's really, it's no cook. Um, and then figuring out what flavors do your kids like? So have that conversation with them. And you already know that, what takeout food do they lean into? And so those are the flavor profiles I'd start to look at. But when it comes to actually teaching your teenage kids how to cook for themselves, start with what I call one cook ingredients. Mm-hmm. So something as simple, and this is not patronizing, as a hard boiled egg. Because a hard-boiled egg can do, and I like to use this word a lot, double duty. So hard-boiled egg can be used in a sandwich. It can be put on a salad. It can be um, incorporated um, in a bowl. So even just something as simple as that is already a win. Um, When we talk about one-cook ingredients, your pastas, your quinoa. Um, So what I've done with my own kids, and and look, I won't lie, Cooking for a living has meant that my kids have been on a regular basis exposed to lots of foods, ingredients, and flavors. But just like any other parent, I also had struggles where all of a sudden my four-year-old wasn't eating avocado. But fast forward to teenage years, we want to help them move past some of their own bias 
or biases from when they were younger mm-hmm. and start to have those conversations. Hey, why don't you eat avocado? When was the last time you ate that? Anyway, so um, that's where I would start. One cook ingredients, figure out what takeout food they like, and then you, you can start to build dishes that you're going to help them figure out how to DIY at home. That is such an excellent tip, the one the one ingredient um, approach, because I think so much about this is gaining confidence, right? And if you've never done it before, you don't want to start with something complex that then no. just kind of like leaves them going, I can't do this. Um, and also the idea of what are their favorite uh, take home meals? I think that's brilliant because start from a point of um, strength. That is to say, you know that they like it already. Absolutely. And look, my work. Um, as a, a caterer and personal chef, I've been in commercial food for 20 plus years. That was always the first question I would ask a potential client. And then I'd ask to look in their pantry um, because it, it uh, you know, shows, it uncovers a lot of secrets. And so, Leanne, we can build on that one cook ingredient. And then I suggest finding a couple of what I call flavor makers, whether it's a, a sauce or a spice blend something that packs a punch that's familiar. So if your kids are loving um, Mexican-inspired food, you know, get that one-and-done Mexican spice blend in their cupboard. And the next thing you know, they can cook a um, bit of rice, uh, and then they're cutting up some vegetables, and they sprinkle the Mexican seasoning over it, and all of a sudden, they've done their own fake-out takeout. Fake out, take out. I love that. This is Where Parents Talk on 105.9 The Region. I'm Leanne Castellino in conversation with Corby Sue Newman, head of culinary at HelloFresh Canada, which prepares meal delivery kits. And we're talking about how to prepare teens and young adults with basic kitchen skills. Now, HelloFresh Canada has generously provided this week's giveaway, a gift certificate to a meal kit delivered to your door, valued at up to $165 for one free week of HelloFresh meals. That sounds amazing. To win that prize, you can just go to whereparentstalk.com and click on giveaways or visit any one of our social media platforms to learn more. Corby Sue, a long time ago, somebody told me, if you can read, you can cook. And I have to tell you that that, I found that to be so powerful and so profound, and it really did guide me as a parent myself to make sure that my kids, I've got three of them, were going to not be useless in the kitchen is exactly the terminology I use. So let me ask you, <laughs> let me ask you this. We talked about HelloFresh and, and its sort of global footprint. If a family or a young adult wants to maybe incorporate that, how can they use HelloFresh on a budget? HelloFresh um, is actually such a great solution if you are living on a budget. The reason is um, there's a team of really talented creatives who have done all the hard work from figuring out what's going to be for lunch, which is an option that we have um, recently launched uh, or dinner. We have created the recipes. We've tested them in our kitchen so that when you're reading to your point, when you're reading that recipe card, which I like to say that recipe card is your personal cooking instructor. Um, we're going to walk you right through it. Not only have we done that, we've gone and sourced the best ingredients that we can find and we've pre-portioned them for you. So you're only going to use what you need. Um, food waste is cut down. 
packaging uh, is cut down, even just your own carbon footprint, having to go back and forth to the store, we've done all of that for you. So meal kits and HelloFresh, um, just because I know the incredible team we have, culinary, procurement, logistics, we've done all the hard work. So you can just be at home uh, and enjoy the cooking experience because let's be honest, Leanne, I'm not gonna kid anyone, we all live incredibly busy lives. And I don't know about you, but during this time, my life has been even busier. Mm -hmm. So knowing at the end of the day that there is a recipe pre-prepared with a card, aka cooking instructor, ready to go. My 15-year-old daughter does dinners on a Monday and Wednesday. And my 19-year-old son, although I did have to take him dragging and kicking, prepares dinner on a Thursday. That's how easy meal kits really have made cooking at home. And if I can just share this with you, when I think about meal kits and when I talk to our culinary team, who are chefs who've worked in some of the best restaurants around the world, they are people who genuinely care about food and they care about people eating well. Mm -hmm. I say to them, just think of yourself as that person's mom or da dad or auntie or you know grandparent because there are a couple of generations now who've missed out on that food language being passed down. And so I always say to our chefs when creating that recipe and that recipe card, just pretend you're standing next to that person showing them how to cook this. That's wonderful. And, you know, you, you've talked about so many things in there that we can unpack. I want to just delve a bit into the lunch prep that you referred to. We talked about one ingredient, breakfast meals, but take us through some of the lunch prep uh, ideas that HelloFresh has. When we were putting together the, the lunch ideas, and that really came from um, thousands and thousands of customers reaching out saying, hey, thanks so much for helping us with dinner. Could you help us with lunch? <laughs> and I think especially um, for many of us, I know it's been called working from home. I call it, I have been living at work since March of 2020. Um, we wanted to create something for whether it's the um, at the office or back to school, that side of the desk meal. So all of these can be done in under 10 minutes. Um, they don't require pots and pans, um, maybe a kettle, maybe uh, some kitchen scissors. We've got a gorgeous, um, souped up ramen uh, dish. So fresh noodles, hard boiled egg already done for you, beautiful seasoning, um, some simple vegetables that you just snip right into the bowl of uh, steaming water. Um, we've got an excellent egg sandwich. Uh, I like to joke that um, 1995 is called and they want their fabulous egg sandwich back, but um, <laughs> anyone's auntie would be very proud of this. And it's delicious and it's packed full of protein. And I think, you know, the amazing thing is that we offer these at around $8.50 per serving, which when you do the math and you're out and about and you go order lunch, you're paying a lot more than that. So lunch solutions don't need to break the bank. And there's still another opportunity to really control what it is you're putting in your mouth. Corby Sue, any final tips you can share with parents about how they can support their kids learning in the kitchen, maybe overcoming that fear and, and figuring out meal planning on their own? Absolutely. First thing, practice, practice, practice. And as I said at the top of the end, it's never too early to start. So when they're little, or even now, um, talk about everything 
to do with food? What's the color? What's the smell? Um, what does that taste like? What's the texture? What do you, what do you, um, what flavors do you like? So just really keep it simple. One cooking technique, one cook ingredients. Um, let's find flavor makers that really appeal to them, whether it's a sauce, a dip, a spice blend. And my biggest um, advice is you do not need to be a chef in order to be a good cook. That's a wonderful tip. Now we're going to have more with Corby Sue Newman, head of culinary at HelloFresh Canada on whereparentstalk.com. So we invite you to head over there to get more information. Lots of great tips to take the fear out of meal prep instruction for your children. Corby Sue, thank you so much for your time and insight today. Thank you, Leanne. Want to learn more about the show? Email info at whereparentstalk.com. Stick around. Leanne Castellino and Where Parents Talk will be right back on 105.9 The Region. Welcome back to Where Parents Talk. Listen live at 1059theregion.com. Here's Leanne Castellino. A confluence of factors may impact how many parents these days choose or not to actively cultivate independence in their children, especially in teens and youth. Helicopter parenting, a bubble wrap approach to protecting kids, or even preventing them from experiencing adversity are some barriers to fostering independence in children as they move towards young adulthood. To discuss this, we're joined by a mom of two, a psychologist, New York Times bestselling author, and regular expert contributor to CBS News. Dr. Lisa Damour, thank you for joining us on Where Parents Talk. Thank you so much for having me. I'm glad to be here. Preparing kids for the real world takes on different shapes and different forms in different households based on parenting style, approach, and a, and a whole bunch of other factors. What are some of your general observations that you perhaps have seen play out in your practice, as well as some of the common trends that you see on this topic? Well, there certainly is a sense in recent, I maybe say the recent decade, or maybe the one before it, of parents being more hands-on than they used to be, and perhaps too hands-on. And at its extremes, we have what we call helicopter parenting, which is parents who are always buzzing about and supervising or intervening or doing for their children um, when the child could probably figure it out on their own or navigate it along or at least do, you know, a good enough job with whatever's in front of them that the parent should be able to tolerate it. So we've seen that rise in recent decades and at its extremes, it's problematic. At the same time, there's some really beautiful work out there. Um, I have these colleagues at Grown and Flown, which is a website and a book, who also have pointed out really smartly that parenting in the past might have been a little hands off, mm -hmm. that when we look at the data on teen safety, Today's adolescents are much safer than we were as teenagers. I'm 50 years old now. And in the, you know, 70s and 80s, you know, we, we weren't always wearing our seatbelts. We were, you know, smoking more cigarettes than kids do today. <laughs> mm -hmm. So we want to be careful of not um, using hindsight to sugarcoat or whitewash the reality that it may have been a little more neglectful in the past than it should have been, which doesn't mean that some families aren't overcorrecting. 
the desire to perhaps overcompensate becomes sort of a natural reflex, right? I think so. And I think there are forces that have come to bear in recent decades. I think there's a much greater sense that um, resources are scarce and competition is intense. And so, you know, kids don't have any room to falter and, and they really need to have a very smooth path if they're going to succeed. I think parents feel that way. I, I don't know how accurate that is, but that perception has certainly risen. Um, I think that in past generations, we felt like kids had more room to work, you know, that they could make a dumb mistake and recover. Um, whether it's the documentation online of kids' lives or the sense of um, achievement pressures that families and kids feel, I, I think there's a much reduced belief that kids have room to make mistakes and recover from them, maybe than we used to believe. So how do we massage that belief or, or change that narrative so that we are equipping kids to take on the challenges that they are in inevitably going to experience as they move into towards young adulthood and, and become adults? Well, the good news here is that a growing person has new challenges put in front of them all the time. You know, higher expectations at school, increased wishes for independence, growing responsibilities, if we allow them, that we don't have to create these conditions. They actually exist all around our kids. They're asked to take up leadership roles in their, you know, relative things they do at school, or they're asked to, you know, the possibility of getting a job becomes available, things like that. They're, they're around us everywhere. I think the main goal for parents is to stay out of the way. Mm. Um, it's not that we need to be pushing kids from behind, it's that we actually need to be not in front of them, pushing all of the um, all of the problems out of the way or doing for them what they could try to do for themselves. So on that note, what would you suggest to parents in terms of how they can dial it back so that they are helping to actively foster independence in their kids? So early in my training, I worked with a team that focused on toddlerhood. Mm -hmm. um, a brilliant psychoanalyst named Erna Furman was one of the people who trained me um, after my PhD, but before I was really deep into my own career. And her work on toddlers actually taught me a lot about having young adults become increasingly independent. And the way she broke things down is to think in these stages. That first we do things for our kids, then we do things with our kids, then we stand back and admire as they do those things on their own. And that model works really well long past toddlerhood. So, for example, making an appointment by phone is something that we want young people to do. And a lot of times teenagers and young adults can be very anxious about doing this, you know, picking up the phone and, you know, making a doctor's appointment or a haircut or something like that. And so it can be very helpful for the parent to say, all right, I'm going to do it this time. Watch me do it. And mm -hmm. to have them, mm -hmm. you know, standing there as you make those arrangements and then say to them, OK, now you do it. <laughs> now you call the dentist and get yourself yeah. your next appointment and push them along, be available. But to treat it as a stepwise process. It's not something where we go from having done everything for them to expecting them to be able to do it entirely independently. This is Where Parents Talk on 105.9 The Region. I'm Leanne Castellino in discussion with Dr. Lisa Damour, 
clinical psychologist, author, and mom on the topic of preparing kids for adulthood. As I hear you say those words, Dr. Damour, I'm, I'm thinking of myself, and oftentimes it's having the patience to stand back and let it unfold, like your kids driving and leading whatever it is while you have to sit, sit back and watch patiently and you're thinking, I could do this in half the time and we could be gone and done and you know, all those things. So, so often it's, it's our approach as parents that are you know, certainly preventing that independence from taking shape. Absolutely. I mean, the, I would say the number one reason why we don't turn tasks over to kids is that it's just so much easier to do it for them. <laughs> right. you know? and I am guilty of this in my own home. And when life is busy and we're moving fast and we want it done right and we want it done quickly, it really is easier to do it. Um, whether it's making an egg, right? Say your kid needs an egg made. It takes a lot more energy for me to explain to a kid how to make an egg mm -hmm. and then watch them do a kind of, you know, C plus job with it the first time yeah. than it does for me just to do it myself. This is something I will say, this horrible pandemic doesn't have a lot of silver linings, but in the pandemic, I found myself being better about this. As a mother, I felt that I had more time to teach. We had more time at home. And so oddly though, we've been hemmed in in so many ways. I would say the pandemic has done a fair bit, at least in my own home, to slow me down and help me find more time to do the teaching mm -hmm. that I want to do so that my own daughters can become more independent. And it's such an important point, right? You're a mom of a 17-year-old and 10-year-old and girls. And I wonder, household chores, because I don't think a lot of parents often think of this outwardly as household chores being something that teaches independence. But can you tell us how these chores and assigned responsibilities, even a part-time job, contribute to fostering independence? Well, the chores are so important on so many levels because chores are jobs and they are jobs that contribute to the life of the household. And so when you give a child a chore, you're making them responsible for more than they used to be responsible for. You know, often chores contribute to everybody's needs as opposed to a child just taking care of their own needs. And that's an important thing. But it also says that your place in the family is valuable and your contributions to the family are valuable beyond your own care for yourself. And then it does create the conditions where parents can hold high expectations that kids will do their chores, remember to do their chores and do them well. All of those things foster independence. A job takes it to a completely different level. And I am really interested in what happens when young people get jobs, because when you have a chore and you don't do it, well, your parents are annoyed with you. That's usually the mm -hmm. downside. A lot of kids can tolerate their parents being annoyed with them. Mm -hmm. And they may even be able to tolerate that quite a bit more than whatever chore it is that they don't want to do. The game changes when it's not your parent that you are working for. And I watch young people all of the time grow because they're not going to let down their boss. They're not going to let down somebody who could bear them or could be mad at them in ways that actually aren't counterbalanced by an otherwise lifelong happy relationship. Mm -hmm. And so if you really want to see growth, if you really want to be blown away by what your young person has inside them, see what they do in a job when they're working for another adult. We're heading into a period where many parents um, are going to see their kids heading off to college, university, or live away from home. 
What tips and strategies can you provide these moms and dads as they prepare to say goodbye to their kids for, you know, a a short or maybe a longer period of time? We should remember they are not going to islands where they have to forage for themselves. (laughs) They are going to university communities that are populated by a whole bunch of other capable people right around their age who are then surrounded by deeply capable adults who have devoted their professional lives to helping young people grow. And that can be hard to bear in mind because what we're so aware of is them leaving us. We don't always think about where they're landing. Our job in that moment is to, one, trust that our own child has a solid bank of internal resources they can draw on when they're unsure. And two, count on them or encourage them to ask for help from those who are near them should they need it. So it might be that they can get guidance from an age mate or maybe even a sophomore, you know, second year student who knows more about how things work or their residential assistant or a dean or a professor. They are surrounded by people who know what they're doing and we're not the only answer when our kid gets stuck. Absolutely. And advocating for oneself, as you've just described there, cannot be overstated, especially for this group of kids, teens, youth, young adults as they as they move on. Uh, last uh, question for you, Dr. Damol. As a mom yourself and as a psychologist who's in practice, in what specific ways do you go about uh, fostering and cultivating independence in your two daughters? Well, we do have chores. Probably not as many as they should. (laughs) Um, And yet I'm pretty good about making sure they get done. My younger daughter, for a long time, we call her toilet paper Santa. Her job is to make sure there's toilet paper in all the bathrooms. And somehow the Santa got attached to it because she slings the large um, Costco (laughs) uh, supply of toilet paper over her shoulder as she goes from bathroom to bathroom distributing them. So she's in charge of toilet paper Santa. And she actually now folds all our laundry. Um, And these two things are what helps get her her allowance. And she's good at folding laundry, actually. She does a beautiful job with it. And my husband, who does our laundry, um, dumps the unfolded laundry on our bed and says to her, hey, you've got foldies. And she comes (laughs) up and does them. It's kind of neat. My older daughter um, does the dishwasher and sets the table and actually helps about a fair bit when we need it with her younger sister. And... What I would say I'm most proud of is probably not the volume of chores we've assigned to the girls. I think we probably should have given them more. We should give them more. What I'm most proud of is we don't get any pushback about doing them. Somehow, and I don't even entirely know how, we've created conditions where it's understood that they need to help around the house and we're not really asking. You know, it is just an expectation. And so I think that's probably the way in which we've tried to get it right around here. And my older daughter now has a job. And it's so impressive to see what she can do in her job. She works at a retail store and they have bluntly given her responsibilities. It never would have occurred to me to give her Um, running the store off on on her own, managing the money, closing up, things like that um, in a scenario that's safe, but actually very demanding. And it makes me realize how we can underestimate our kids and um, how much they could really do. 
It's an excellent point. Dr. Lisa DeMoor, psychologist, author, media contributor, and mom, thank you for your time, your perspective, and the food for thought that you've provided us today. Thank you. Delightful to be with you. And that is Where Parents Talk for today. Thank you for joining us here on 105.9 The Region. Remember, you can learn more about today's giveaway from HelloFresh Canada and watch video interview extras with our guests on whereparentstalk.com. I'm Leanne Castellino. Hope you'll join us next time. Sign up for Leanne's parenting newsletter and so much more at whereparentstalk.com. This is Where Parents Talk on 105.9 The Region.